microphone check one two what is this you're now listening to a brand new episode of the play big faster podcast look what you done started talk to him. attorney high performance coach and speaker sheree prince asks hard questions to really get to the bottom of what makes entrepreneurs tick from starting a business marketing strategies and the ins and outs of their industries we talk everything from book recommendations lifestyle hacks and everything possible to get you inspired and motivated to build your own business the play big faster podcast starts now let's go Do you have life insurance? We've got you. Get the best plans. Same day coverage. Get peace of mind for the price of a nice dinner. 24-7 by your side. Get your free quote in seconds with no obligations from Opus Insurance and Risk Services at www.opusirs.com. Welcome to another edition of the Play Big Faster podcast. We are joined tonight by the velvet voice of soul himself, Vic Allen. Hey, Vic. Hey, how are you? Doing great, doing great. Listen, we are so excited to have you here with us tonight. I'm excited to be here. Great. Look, let's jump right in. So tell us, Vic, you have a new song that just came out last year that's really really hot right now tell us about it um the title of the song is mississippi girl and um it basically uh pays homage to uh southern girls even though the title is mississippi girl it it fits southern girls it talks a little bit about qualities that i think most southern girls have uh being able to cook and you know, being good at taking care of the family and, and, and uh, balance all the different things in life. And, and, and I attribute that as uh, good qualities of Southern girls. Of course, not to say only Southern girls, but I just wanted to pay homage to, uh, you know, girls from women and ladies and girls from the South because I'm from the South. Now, when you say the South, that would be Jackson, Mississippi, correct? That's correct. Born and raised. um Forest Hill High School, class of 19, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I was born and raised in Southwest Jackson, and uh, uh, I've been blessed, been blessed to travel all over the world doing music, and, um, you know, little country boy from here in Mississippi, and, and uh, just blessed to still be doing it. Well, listen, I, I did have an opportunity to listen to Mississippi Girl. Did I hear correctly that she may not be from Mississippi, that she's from Tennessee, Vic? That's correct. That's correct. <laughs> you got good ear. <laughs> well, look, I was jamming out today. Now, I can't dance too much, but I try. Okay. So, yeah, it's a very nice cut. Very nice cut. Thanks. Now, this is not your first rodeo. You've been doing this since the tender age of five. Is that right? Yeah, um... My grandfather, God rest his soul, he was uh, a musician and he played guitar and piano and he used to play and sing around the house and I picked it up from him and, and at a very young age and started uh, dilly-waddling on the piano trying to be like him and 
uh, they noticed that, you know, at a very young age that I, I had a natural, uh, natural talent for it. And, and that's when it started. My love for music started way back then. Now, even in some of your performances, um, you have another song called Soul Music. You actually played the piano um, during that video, right? Yes, yes. Um, the thing is that most of my music, I, I produce or co-produce pretty much all of it, which sometimes um, entails me playing keyboards or piano. And, um, you know, playing the piano, I don't do it as much as I used to, but it's it's still my first love. And, um, uh, you know, I think in today's music, a lot of that is being lost. A lot of the real musicianship is being lost. And uh, I try uh, as much as I can to try to keep as much of that alive as possible. Well, one thing that I found that was really interesting about you, um, even though you've been doing this for a while, you have gospel roots. So where did where did the transition come from? Well, I tell people all the time that, and some people get mad about a statement like this, but there's not a lot of difference in blues and gospel. Uh, I think the major difference is who you're singing about. Uh, the passion, uh, some of the some of the the passion, the love, and even some of the content is very similar. So, um, of course, my grandfather and grandmother were deeply rooted in the church. And when I was mimicking him, uh, as a matter of fact, I started playing piano for the little sunshine band at church. I don't know, maybe eight years old, very young. And uh, so, you know, the gospel group started then and uh, the transition, I, I, when I was a teenager in high school, uh, all of my friends were listening to uh, pop music, you know, the popular artists at the time. And I was listening to the OJs and Bobby Womack and Bobby Blue Bland. And those were my artists that I listened to. And I was 16 years old, maybe. And, you know, that, that soul that I that I learned from listening to those records at a young age kind of got embedded in me, so to speak. And 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 as I got older, I just had a desire to pursue and create more of that music. So that's I think that's where the transition came from. Well, talk about coming full circle. When you mentioned Bobby Blue Bland and the OJs, you've actually shared stages with them, correct? Yes, yes, I've actually shared stages and and was blessed with the opportunity to work with a lot of those artists, even in the studio. Um, I got blessed to write and produce for male waiters, God rest his soul. As a matter of fact, that's, there's a whole story behind that. But Well, tell us. Don't, don't leave it out, tell, tell us the well, story. Well, male waiters is, is, is largely responsible for my career in, 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 in soul music. He paid for my first album out of his pocket. Uh, wow. He was, we knew each other because at the time I was singing with gospel group and uh, that's how we got to know each other. And once he found out that I had a desire to try to do Southern soul or soul music, he um, wanted to invest in me and he did. He, he put me in the studio and recorded my first album and uh, didn't 
want any of the money back. He just wanted to help me get started. And uh, so, you know, I'm very thankful and grateful for that opportunity. But aside from Mel, I've, I've worked in the studio with Johnny Taylor, worked in the studio with Tyrone Davis, uh, Shirley Brown, so many of the greats. And, uh, you know, it, it just, uh, at such an early age, it just primed me to uh, be able to get where we are now. And yeah, you mentioned, you know, we talked about you starting at five, but you actually had your first recorded CD at what you were a teenager, about 15? About 15. Uh, we were a little young, amateur, local gospel group from Raymond, Mississippi. And uh, we went in the studio <laughs> to record our first recording. And uh, I don't know, I fell in love with the studio when I was 15. I, the uh, engineer there, he kept asking me, have you done this before? I've never even been in the studio before, but I just had a natural uh, knack for doing it and, and for knowing what I wanted to hear and, and how things were supposed to sound. And that's where it started. I, I um, you know, started uh, engineering in the studio when I was probably maybe 18, 19. And uh, then studio, being in the studio is my... That's that's my biggest, most enjoyable part of the music industry to me because you can be as creative as you, as you want to be, create music, create different sounds, different uh, styles, and 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 to me that's just where the most fun is. I, I I love being in the studio. So what does that look like for you? Because I heard you say that you do some of your own writing. Mm -hmm. What inspires you, and like, what does that process look like? Well, for me, I, I always try to write about um, things that people can relate to, um, things that I hear people talk about. You know, mostly a lot of it is relationship based, um, the good, the bad and the ugly. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just just, you know, try to be relatable and, and write about things that 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 somebody can hear and say, oh, wow, that, that's, that's what I'm going through. That's what I just went through. And, and to be able to hear something that, that speaks on it or, or talks about it in song, it, it, believe it or not, it, it helps people sometimes. I've got a song called uh, Forbidden Love Affair. And uh, the song is about a preacher having an inappropriate uh, relationship with one of his parishioners. And, and and the song actually did quite well, became pretty popular. And you'd be surprised how many times I've had ladies come to me after a concert and say, I went through that same thing. And I'm like, wow. You know, so just, just that's always my um, inspiration for writing. And even songs that I don't write, songs that I that I let other writers write or that they send me uh, for review, if it's if it's relatable and it's about something that somebody could possibly relate to. Those are the songs that I try to choose. Do you want to start your own business? Confused about where to begin? Not sure if you can do this? I'm glad you made your way here. Cut through the confusion. I invite you to join in on the five-day Play Big Faster Challenge. You'll get step-by-step -step guidance on how to start and scale your dream business faster. Five days perfectly structured. Build the business you've always dreamed of without spending tons of money and hiring consultants or a lot of staff. Join the challenge today at www.playbigfaster.com.
So I know to have a career in the music industry for this long, you've probably seen some of everything. Um, you know, part of what we do here is try to educate people on, you know, if this is something that you're interested in, maybe you want to consider this or not consider that. What are some things that you may tell somebody who's looking for a career in the music industry, things to look out for? Well, the advice that I always give is is that the most important part of the music industry is the business side. You can be you can be just completely immersed in talent. That's good. That's great. But you you have to know uh, the business side. And you know the thing about it, somebody said, "Well, I just get a lawyer." No, because if you don't know enough, the lawyer can take advantage of you as well. And and I think you know now with 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 all of the sources on the internet, you can learn as much as you want to learn about the music industry. It's all right on your fingertips, and you just have to take the uh, initiative to to go and learn as much as you can. And I think that is the most important part because now, I mean, you know, there's so many independent artists. You don't really need uh, major labels like we used to back in the day. You can do most of it yourself. You can you can you can record yourself. Like studios now. My studio is here in my house. Uh back in the day, of course, you had to go and buy studio time at, at a big studio. Now you don't have to do that. You, you you could have a top quality studio in your home now, uh, because so much has changed. So and, and, <clears throat> excuse me, and I think the same is true for uh releasing music you don't have to have a major label you can do a lot of that yourself and that's why you need to know as much as you can about the music business so even somebody with talent um who knows how to sing and they may need to know about the business side what other support systems because you still have to distribute the music are you saying that you know there are platforms out there that are equally as powerful as as record companies oh absolutely there are there are platforms that you can independently release your music. I'll give you a couple. I don't want to name a bunch of names. There's one called DistroKid, uh, DistroKid.com, and there's another called TuneCore. Both of these, there, there, there's several, but those two, uh, uh, you, if, if especially, you have to own your own music. If you own it, you can upload your music there, and they will distribute it to all the digital sites for you, and make sure you collect the money for it. So that's what major labels used to do. But now you don't have to have a major label. So, Vic, I mean, of course we can, you know, we can purchase your music. We can download it. We can stream it. But, Vic, how often do you go on tour? Because I'm I'm sure that somebody wants to jam out to some of this soul music. Oh, we work quite, especially uh, the spring and summer and fall. You know, wintertime, it slows down a little bit. but, But we tour pretty much year round. It's not, uh, you know, because we, we, we mostly work uh, weekends, uh, Friday, Saturday, some Sundays. And uh, we've had recent shows. We've been, um, let's see, where have we been recently? Monroe, Louisiana. We've been to, um, uh, we've been to Columbus, Georgia. We've been to, we've got uh, Monroe, Louisiana coming up in one week. So we're, we're moving around quite a bit. Um the easiest way to keep up with our moves is, of course, uh, Facebook. Uh, Vic Allen, that's V-I-C-K-A-L-L-E-N on Facebook. And we're, we we pretty much post all of our upcoming shows there. And uh, we've got 
quite a few coming up uh, here in the near future. Columbus, Mississippi, um, Jackson, Mississippi on October 1st at the zoo. And um, let's see, what else is, uh, oh, uh, Utica, Mississippi, which will be September 3rd. Got quite a bit coming up still. Still warm. People want to get out and, uh, you know, come out to these outdoor concerts, especially. They really like to, our crowd really loves doing the outdoor thing. So got quite a few things coming up. Like I said, just look me up on Facebook if you want to keep up with those concerts. Okay. You know, one thing that, you know, people see, you've heard the saying, you see my glory, but you don't know my story. What would you say has been the most challenging part of being in the music industry? Hmm. Uh, I don't know. That's a loaded question. We um, have time. So take your time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I guess the most challenging part is, is um, being patient. Uh, to think that I've been doing music professionally since I was 18, 19 years old, and I won't say my age, but it's a whole lot more than 18 and 19. So it, it took patience to get from point A to point B. And I think that's the hardest part. Some people, some artists don't have to uh, be patient. They, they get it, but, but it just doesn't work the same for all artists. So uh, for me, I think personally, that was probably the hardest part. Now, see, that wasn't so hard. You said that was a loaded question. But, I just yeah. had to think about it. I, I, I had to think about uh, which 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 angle was the most was the hardest part. So yeah. So that's the hardest part. But would you? What would you say was your actual breakthrough when you kind of felt like, hey, other people are seeing my work and they appreciate me and my talent? I think. I think it was male. Um, you know, when I was singing gospel, I was still producing soul music for other artists. Um, one of those artists was Willie Clayton. Did a lot of writing and producing for him. And uh, when Mel put me in the studio, I remember he was at Malico recording one of his records. And... Um, I brought a CD for him to listen to what I'd done in the studio. And I put CD, we were sitting in the car, put the CD in, hit play, and song played, I don't know, 30, 40 seconds, just very little song. Mel looked at me, and he was a very excitable guy. He hit the eject button on the CD, grabbed it, and jumped out of the car and ran. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, what? what? What's happening? <laughs> He was so excited about what he heard, he wanted to take it inside and let some of the big wigs and Malico hear it. And that's when I knew I was like, maybe, maybe we're on some here, you know, because prior to that, when I was working with Willie Clayton, he would, uh, whenever I'd write a song for him, I would go in the studio and sing it and let him listen. And that's how he would decide if it was something he wanted to record or not. So now he gave me the he was the first person that put the idea of switching in my head. He was the, he was the devil. So, <laughs> so in terms of me switching from gospel to soul, but I recorded a song for him and um, played it for him. And I said, you like it? He said, I love it. 
I said, uh, you want to record it? He said, nah. And, um, why not? He said, because you need to record. And a light bulb went off. They, oh, had never thought about it up until that point. So, uh, I don't know. I guess, you know, having some validation from those guys in my early years uh, kind of helped push me along because they were artists that I really looked up to. Wow. So now the question that's been burning that I've been wanting to ask, what is it like working with Bobby Rush? I've had an opportunity to meet him. and He's such an awesome guy. He is. He is. Um, I start, I worked in the studio with Bobby first. Oh, my God. I can't even remember how many years ago. If I, t- if I looked up his CD, Hoochie Man, <laughs> that was the first time I worked with him in the studio. And I can't remember what year was released. Yeah. But it, it's been a long time, and he's full of he's full of wisdom, full of life. He's got so much life and energy, uh, and and just being around him uh, was, was has always been a blessing. He calls me one of his sons, and uh, the only person he's, he he calls me instead of Vic, he calls me Vicky, and I let him get away with it because <laughs> it's Bob. <laughs> so so uh, uh, you know he's just a joy to be around, a joy to work with. Uh, just being able to say that 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 he's somebody you know very well and can call and he texts me all the time. You know, it's funny you get a text from Bobby because he, he, he puts at the end of his text, Bobby Rush. <laughs> like you don't know it's him. It's like okay. right, 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 right. He says he'll he'll text and say Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family, Bobby Rush. <laughs> so I mean, it's, it's just a great feeling to, to know that that somebody such you know such a legendary status. I tell you a quick story about Bobby. We were. Uh, in the studio once and Bobby had to do uh, an interview with uh, a magazine from overseas and they came over and they were interviewing him and the the journalist doing the interview said, Bobby, uh, you're an icon. And Bobby said, this is my best Bobby impersonation. Bobby said, nah, nah, I'm a legend. (laughs) Okay. Tell him, Bobby, tell him I'm a legend. Yeah. 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 And he is. I mean, so yeah, that he, he he's he's a joy to work with, joy to be around. He definitely is. Now, Vic, how did you earn the name Velvet Voice of Soul? Because I mean, listening to you, it's it's very clear. But who first started calling you the Velvet Voice of Soul? My first, uh, well, my second. I'm sorry, my second CD was released on Malico Records, and I had just finished recording, and. They were playing my music in the warehouse. They had a warehouse where they used to sell a lot of their product from. And uh, one of the young ladies working in the warehouse, she says, "Ooh, your voice is so velvety." Ding, <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Light bulb. So yeah, right, right, right. That's that's where that came from. Well, look, nothing rings more true because I mean, listening to your music. You know, your head get the bobbing for those of us who can't dance. My head get the bobbing. And it's, I mean, truly, how do you take care of your voice? Do you have a special routine? I've heard people say they drink certain teas and things like that. What do you do? That's what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> uh, but I don't do it probably as much as I should. Uh, I, I've been blessed in that in that regard. Um, I do drink, of course, tea when you know, before performances, but, uh, you know, um, thankfully I haven't suffered. I mean, of course, I think as you get older, your voice changes. 
I don't have that that real super high pitch voice I had when I was young, but we can still hit the notes when we need to. So I I, I mean, other than T, now um, um, Charlie Wilson. Charlie Wilson drinks African bee honey all day. All day. All day. All day. He just walks around and he sips and drinks it all day. Uh, that honey is good for your voice. I do it, you know, when it's time to perform, but I don't do it all day every day like that. Of course, yeah, I don't perform as much as he does either, but yeah. Now, Uncle Charlie sounds like he's about 40, though. His voice is ageless. Ageless. Yes. So, so okay, so you've you given us the that's the secret sauce. It's African bee honey. It, it works sauce. for him. <laughs> so, Vic, you started young, and, you know, I'm assuming working with your grandfather, you had the influence, but when did you know, like, man, I can probably make a career doing this? That you really feel like you can say, I don't know about you could like. Okay, well, I was, uh, I was at my mom's, my mom's house, and mom had one of those, what do you call it, component sets that had the eight track player. I'm, I'm dating myself now, but it you had an eight track player. Yourself. Yeah, I know, I know. It had an eight track <laughs> player, and it had a, a little cheap microphone that you could plug into it. And talk. So, we were, mom was playing some gospel music, and I plugged the mic in and just started singing. And our neighbor, she was my godmother, her name was Ann, Miss Ann Moore. Miss Ann came and knocked on the door. And she came in, she said, Who's that singing? Who's that lady singing? My mom said, What? What lady? Ain't no lady over here. Miss Ann said, no, who's that lady? I just heard a lady singing. And I said, I said, Miss Ann, that was me singing. And she said, oh, my God, you sound so beautiful. And I was like, I do. <laughs> like me? And that was, yeah, that was the first time I was like, okay, well, I guess maybe I can sing a little bit. And and that's kind of where it started. Wow. Now, Vic. I didn't tell you to have your A and B selection together um, this time, but the next time you come see us on the podcast, I'm going to need you to have your A and B selection ready for us, okay? Okay. All right. We'll do that. Fair, we'll do fair that. enough. Well, listen, thank you so much for sharing with us your journey and your experience. And look, we're excited about seeing you on the road on some of these tours. And in the meantime, we're going to be checking you out and streaming your music. Um, we just thank you so much. I appreciate you having me and enjoy talking to you. Well, this has been another edition of the Play Big Faster podcast. Till next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Play Big Faster podcast. Want more entrepreneurial content? I like this. Make sure to subscribe for future episodes. Already subscribed. I just clicked on it. Don't forget to like and leave a review. Share with a friend that needs this in their life. I think you need this more than I. Oh, and make sure to follow Cherie on IG at Cherie Speaks. And remember to play big faster.